0: This week, Ian and I are diving into our own story, how we got into e-commerce, how we got into business, and how we all got started. We've got some crazy stories along the way to tell you. So let's get started. <laughs> Hello, Ian, how
1: are you? Good morning, Mark. I'm very good. How are you doing?
0: Awesome. Hopefully, for the people who've been moaning a little bit about our quality, they'll enjoy this a little bit better because we're recording it on a tool that, well, it records my uh, recording on my end and it records Ian's recording on on his end as well. So that should be a little bit better. Um, Anyway, so what we want to talk about today was effectively our story in e-commerce. And I think um, that we talked about it a little bit in the book. Um, but we want to delve into a little bit more because I think it's going to give people an idea about why you know we know what we know I mean, obviously we own, you know, you know a small part of, uh, of what we talk about and there's lots of different nuances to it but like our story might be give people a little bit of an idea about where they are with theirs and um, you know it's, 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 it's a story that you know is been going over 15 years and I thought we had some quite interesting things to, to kind of cover. So I think let's start at the beginning. Um, and you know, I think back in the day, you were probably started the business when you were around twenty-four-ish. Um, and I think that one of the yeah. first sites you ever built was a was an e-commerce site. So what was. was that? What was the first first e-commerce site you ever built?
1: Yeah. So looking back, yeah, this would have been about two thousand and three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that? Nearly twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, well,
1: wow. not quite. And um, yeah, so maybe, maybe it maybe was a little bit before because I think it was about twenty years ago. So, so just at the early two thousands. And yeah. if you if, if so, I, so I it was it was a friend of the friend of the family, and you know I was a young young man, and um, you know we're trying to build an e commerce site. Then it's quite difficult, isn't it? It was insanely
0: you know, no, difficult. Like just even trying exists. to. Trying to get payment, you had to go to the bank and beg them yeah. to let you yeah. take payment online. Um, yeah,
1: and the, and you had to build it all from scratch. Um, yeah. And so anyway, I just knew I was—I knew I was going to do it. So it was—it was a, was a good—it was a good learning curve, really. I did it, and it was a site. And do you know what? We've just still looked, and it was a site called Fender Socks.
0: It was Fender and socks, <laughs> and it's literally Fender-Sox. still there.
1: And we've just and looked this morning. They're still and the using. Thing.
0: They're still using the same photos that we took 20 years ago but there's our father our dad because it's been this business has been sold probably about three or four times since since we set it up for um it was a guy called alan who's a family friend and um yeah. they're literally using the same photos that we that we created 20 there years ago do. so it's uh i mean it was a very successful business it was they they you know, back then you know people didn't really use google so much it was it was advertised in the back of the yachting magazines, because the yachting magazines was the big thing, and um, also at boat jumbles and things like that. But it's, uh, you know, it, one, the first guy that's, that set it up, he managed to retire on the money and move to Spain, and then another friend of the family bought it, and I think he did quite well with it, so it's been passed I mean, around. It, but
1: it, the site that's there now is, is pretty much the same site that I built 20 years ago. It hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. Um, it's
0: probably using now, the same technology because like,
1: yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. So anyway, that, that was, um, that was the first, the first dab dabble into it. Yeah. It and and Cops, I think
0: yeah. I came on the, I came on the, on the scene, you know, quite soon after that. And I was, I was at IBM and I was hating it and I was kind of basically washed out. And I, I kind of had, um, this dream of creating this kind of, it was called, I think it was called the, the body, mind and soul. Uh, I couldn't get the mind, body, soul because that was done. So it was a particularly wonderful um, domain name. And, and I think that, you know, looking back like 20, 25 years ago, maybe, maybe, maybe up to 20 years ago, and like looking back, and like if obviously I knew what I knew now, it would have been amazingly successful. But at the time, I pretty much did every single thing wrong that you could do. And it was just so, it was like, I think I was talking to you a little bit before, was mm. like, like I had this dream and then I had this reality that, that of what I was building. And I almost didn't want the two to connect because like it was like, if I lifted up the stone and had a look underneath the stone to see what was there, and if it wasn't what was there that I wanted, then that would have been, you know, you know destroying because I'm like well that's my dream and that's what I wanted so I think that I was very emotionally driven at the beginning and I didn't want to connect the dots and I, I, I just you know I, I spent money in some random magazines and I did different things and what I was trying to do back then it was I was you know it was, it was the it was the, it was the typical gold rush the you know around the it was a bit after the dot-com boom but it was still around that time and I was trying to kind of get everything by SEO and not, not, not put money into advertising. But had I put money into AdWords, because it was around then, I would have done so phenomenally well. But I was holding back on paid traffic because I just had this belief that I was gonna get everything for free. Mm. Um, and I think people still, you still see people doing the same today. But like, if I put the, the, the you know, the limited budget I had into paid back then, I would have done phenomenally well. And um, you know it was it was different. So that that was like my first failure. And I think that I think you learn a lot more from your failures rather than I mean obviously you learn from your winners as well. But your failures they they really teach you a lesson, and they really teach you what not to do. And and I think that you, you kind of start recognizing in other people when they're making the same mistakes that you're making, and you see the you see that the the dots aren't connecting, yeah. and I think that you've got to go through quite a few pain points to kind of understand some of those lessons. And it, like I was fresh out at IBM, I just thought you know that that you know when I, used, I used to be a salesman at IBM. Well, a pre-sales salesman. I used to ring people up and say, "Hi, it's IBM," and they'd have a conversation with me because I was from IBM. You get out at IBM, and then you ring people up, and they go, "Who's Mark Hammersley? I, I want to talk to you." And 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 that was the. That was the shock, and I, and, and I wanted to create this shop for everything, like this one-stop shop. And what I should have been doing is, of course, finding a market, finding a niche, and going, right, I'm gonna cater for that niche, that market, that's who it's gonna be, and it'll well start. But I did everything completely about face. So that's how I got into e-commerce, uh, as an abject failure,
1: really. <laughs> yeah, well, you've summed it up very well, but at the time, you 20 years ago, you know, you could almost just have breathed on it with a bit of paid traffic, and it would have started to work. I know because it's of, just because it was painful. There was just by virtue of being online and selling these things online, yeah. was, was was enough. Obviously, now, you know, if you'd launched that business now, it wouldn't have worked, would it? it wouldn't no, have it would so, have been so. It would have been so. much more competitive. a lot, a yeah. lot It would have cost a lot more, wouldn't it? Yeah.
0: I mean, but then still, I mean, last year, you know, you know, we, we worked with someone launching a very similar business into the very competitive market and he's done very well out of it. It just had a, he just had an angle that, that worked, you know, in, in that, in that area. And I don't think it's always the case of like, you know, very competitive. I mean, sometimes you want to go into competitive areas because there's a lot of buyers there, you know, where the buyers are. Know is, is this you know there's hungry mouths and jump into that jump into that place rather than go off to somewhere yeah. where there's not no one around. But
1: you know, yeah, but it, I think I think yeah. the biggest thing I think the biggest thing about you in that business is that you you were reluctant to pull the traffic lever when you were you felt I didn't know what I was
0: doing. I didn't know what I was doing, and I, I had this, this idea. And I I think to be honest, it was as much a learning process for me at the time. Like I. I you know I I about email marketing. I learned about email tools and how to how to do those. I mean, I used to go to say to people, say look, you can send an email, and you can see who's opened it, and that was like this revolutionary thing, like you know, like that you could see open rates. I mean, that was that was that was like a super exciting. So this was kind of coming out. And I remember SEO came out, and then I read a book, and then the next day I was an SEO expert, and it was like it was really that kind of that time in the industry where nobody knew anything and that that was good and bad. But, you know, it, it really taught me a lot of things. I mean, getting into e-commerce at such an early stage certainly helped. And and it was a bit like when I was at IBM, there were some people who'd been there a long time with servers, for example, and they'd learnt all the little bits of servers that have come out, like RAID and all that different stuff that come up. And you know, because they they'd learnt it incrementally, it was very difficult for me to go and learn what they'd done because I was going to have to learn it all at once. And I think it's the same thing with e-commerce. It's like you and I have been working in it such a long time that every time something new has come along, you know, like post-purchase upsells and email sequences and all that kind of stuff, yeah. we've had to, you know, we've only had to learn that little, one little thing at a time, because it was like, oh, we'll just learn this, we'll just learn this. Whereas, you know, if you come online now and you kind of go, gosh, there's all there's so much to learn.
1: And, and the problem is you don't know what's, what's useful you don't know what's learn. important
0: and yeah. i think that's what we try and do is actually you know with the experience we try and tell people look you know this is what you need to focus on now of course there's all these shiny things over there and you will get to that but that's not important for you now like that you you do things in layers and mm. you you build it up so let's take a step back from that because at the same time we were, you know, we were doing e-commerce sites and we, we were building quite a lot of little e-commerce sites all over the place. But at the same time, we were still at the stage in our careers where like if anybody wanted us to do anything, we would do it um, because we needed the cash and and we needed, we needed money. So we, we were also operating the agency on the other side and we were starting to get, um, we got some huge clients despite ourselves, which is quite interesting. Like the, 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 I'll just tell the story about the, you know, I came up with a product and uh, I gave it a name. I called it uh, Find Your Nearest, and it was um, an SMS product. And back then, people used to advertise in magazines. And my idea was that if they saw like some Bose headphones in a magazine, uh, and they they text in their postcode to a short code, and then it would text back to their nearest retailer. So you look looking in a magazine, and it would link that magazine advert to the nearest nearest retailer. So I thought that sounds like a good idea. I'll create, a, I'll, create a, I'll create a press release for, for that uh, and I'll send it out. I hadn't built the thing and I thought, well, if anyone seems to be interested in that, maybe I could, maybe I could build it. Maybe I could do something with it. <laughs> anyway, I sent, this, I sent this press release out and, then, and I'm thinking nothing of it. The next day, I got an email from um, one of the head marketing team at Comic Relief. And Comic Relief, if you're not in the UK, Comic Relief is probably one of the biggest charities in the UK and it's all over the TV. It's absolutely massive. So, um, of course I rang up Ian and said, um, we've got to, we've got to leave Comic Relief.
1: Don't answer. I think you basically said, don't reply to their email. And I said, I've already replied to their email. I've got a meeting with them in London tomorrow. Yeah. So Ian went down Uh, to
0: London to see Comic Relief sold them this fine your nearest product that Ian didn't even know existed, nor knew what it did or anything like that. And then came back and I suddenly went, oh my God, I've got to build, I've got to build this product. And I had to build it for, um, they were doing something like, um, like you do, near, you do your nearest mile or something like that, like Sainsbury's mile or something, you know, they were kind of doing fun runs around the country. And um, anyway, uh, we built it, we got it done. And then um, like the first, the first kind of test of it was, you know, you think, oh, maybe we just do the short run. Anyway, it was it was uh, it was an England yeah. football game. And at half time, Jonathan Ross was going to come on and, and tell people to text their postcodes to find where their nearest mile was. And we did we did something like 800,000 texts in about four seconds or something like that. And. Uh, it worked. It was fine, and everybody got their text, and it was it was amazing. Um, but yeah, it was quite stressful. And but it was it was it was that kind of uh, that was the kind of attitude. Like I would always be the kind of person cowering the four, in, in the corner, kind of trying to work out how to do things. And Ian was the always one going, "Yeah, sure, we can do that. <laughs> we can get it done." Um, Anyone? Anyway, was a very simple. Uh, always a very always programme. I
1: always remind him of these stories when when I say, "Hey, let's go and look at this." You say no. Yeah. I said, well, listen, just look at all these little things that I, I, if you would said no to, we wouldn't have done this.
0: Thing is, say when you're young, you can get away with a lot more. If you do it to me now, I'll kill you. You're <laughs> like, oh yeah, I just done... No. So anyway, that was that was the kind of fun And then we were getting other big uh, clients like uh, Ubisoft, and you know we do these big um, like film sets where I mean, you talk about what what was the Ubisoft? Well, remember the Ubisoft you, film? Yeah,
1: the, the wow. Ubisoft one was. Was obviously Ubisoft is a huge computer game company over you know all over the world, massive massive company, and the, and they they wanted to do so. This was a time when we were getting getting more into digital marketing, and they wanted to do some new creative viral video game really, mm. so that so it would take off virally. And we created very amazing piece of technology where it, it we it was it was creating like a fake YouTube and. You'd set up your mates and we recorded videos so it, it was like a personal video so you'd think you're watching a you know spoof
0: you know mm. YouTube
1: and all of a sudden the actor would talk to you and he would say your name and he would say where you lived and he would he would know your job and um
0: and it, and it had a picture of you in it didn't it? so your mate would upload a picture yeah and in the video the picture would appear and uh, yeah it was pretty it, it was, was pretty it cool was
1: really cool actually but I mean we came up I remember. Same sort of thing. Think, right, I've got a meeting with Ubisoft and we've got to come up with this, this sketch for this virus. I mean, we didn't know anything about what we were doing, but I remember writing the sketch on the train to, the, to London before yeah. I went to see them. Um, and I think with you on the phone, we wrote it together in PowerPoint. I went down and they loved it. And we went and then hired a, like a whole video crew. I mean, it cost about 100 grand. Yeah, I, I mean know. even back I mean,
0: then Ubisoft were a massive company. Absolutely massive. I mean they were like one of the they one of the biggest game computer game distributors in the world. So, you know, it was I think it was like those kind of opportunities where you just have to grab them and try did. and go with and they them and just fun. trying to hang on.
1: But then I hang think hang the problem them. the problem we realised then with with doing campaigns like this is that you're having to do something A, I mean there was no idea of how successful it was going to be, which we didn't like. Mm-hmm. um b you know we couldn't really track it so and c we were coming up with with totally different off-the-wall ideas all the time mm-hmm. which you can't scale you know and, yeah and, if, and
0: I th- that was it was so much so much you know you'd say to me come up with an idea for this and i'd be like i had to just come up with this crazy new thing and then at the same time we had the e-commerce businesses that were doing well and then you know so it was kind of like well do do we want to you know grow with something or do we want to become this kind of viral agency and I think that yeah given my nature I wanted to kind of have something more more stability and kind of like you know uh, data led and all that kind of stuff and I think then then the the, the global financial crisis hit
1: and well, that changed was the, was that was the credit crunch, crunch. yeah back 2008 so we were yeah. then we were sat with with quite a few clients, some of them were, were people like Ubisoft, which was these, these sort of digital marketing viral campaigns. Some of them were just, mm. you know, normal websites, their you know, WordPress sites, not sal- not selling online. And some of them were selling I think they online. Think were Joomla, yeah, probably Joomla, yeah. Probably Joomla, yeah. Mm. And and when the credit crunch happened, 2008, all of the clients that were not selling online just pulled, stopped everything. They stopped doing everything. But the e-commerce yeah. businesses continued to grow and continue to invest. Mm-hmm. And so then we thought, okay, right, well, you know, th- th- these are the ones that are really, you know, taken off. Let's focus purely on this. And that's when we made the decision that we would only do e-commerce. That was probably in about 2007, 2008. And we yeah. probably made that decision a couple of years before, but then when the credit crunch happened, we thought, right, let's just firm go. But, but also, also, they
0: hadn't got a lot of money, and I remember what we did, we went to those customers, those e-commerce sites, and we said, look, we'll do, we'll do no win, no fee. So we'll basically, we'll partner with you, we will do work on your sites, and we will grow your revenue. And if your revenue grows, you'll pay us. If it doesn't grow, we won't get paid. And that was the kind of start, I think, of why we got quite good at what we were doing. Because effectively, we had to make it work. You know, we couldn't afford to employ people, and we only had a small team back then. But still, it was our time. We had to make it work. And so, I mean, I remember that you know, it was when we started working with one of our biggest clients that we've grown into, you know, huge multimillions now, and they were probably doing about thirty k back then. Um, was was that kind of mentality where we you know, it was kinda of like no win, no fee. If we don't if we don't improve the revenue we we don't get paid. Now obviously we don't do that now, but back
1: then, um, Oh yeah, I remember I remember yeah. I remember one one big company coming up to see see me in my offices and you know, it, it was it was like me I think there was two of us at the time. This is, this was probably about two thousand and seven. And I, I, I asked all my mates to come around and sit in the office to make it look like we were a bigger company. So when yeah, they came, that. when they yeah. came around.
0: Um, and you were sharing an office, you were sharing an office with some poor woman and you had, you managed to get her out of the office, change the sign on the outside, put all your friends yeah. in the seats and then yeah. they went around and say, oh, this is head of marketing. And he, the guy would be sitting there, be Colin, I said, Scottish right, I said, just Colin from hockey, the hockey club.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Colin, whatever you do, don't speak, just nod. <laughs> Um, to say hello, yeah, and they yeah. do the same thing. Yeah, so I mean, hey, you know, we. I mean, this is just stuff that you got to do when you when you're young, but but when you're young, but it, yeah. But, but you know, they obviously had reassurance and credibility, and that's a client that's still with us today. And that client now, is shooting, for thirty-five million online, this year, and we'll be doing fifty-five mm. million into into in two years' time. And that, because they've got they've got the scalability, and they've got the growth, so that's. Amazing. They were nothing. They would, at that point, their e-commerce yeah. site didn't exist. They were a B2B yeah. company who then wanted to launch. But, but I think... Where, that's what, what we
0: did in the early days. We did take a lot of people online that hadn't been online. We used to spot opportunities and we'd go, oh, I see you're not selling online. Why don't you do the partnership with us? Why don't you do that? And and we used to pick people that we thought would do quite well. Um, and, and And I think that led us to the... You know, sitting. You know, because we. You know, when we were working there, everything had to work. Remember, we had to sit down and we had to work out. You know why well, I, some things well,
1: worked and why I think other things didn't. Well, I'll if I will tell that little piece. If yeah. You, if if okay. it's okay, because because I I I say it a few times. I'm quite passionate about this, um. So it's quite nice for me to say it cathartically, if that's a word. But. We were sat.
0: It is a word. I don't know what it means, but it is a word.
1: Well, it's like it's your own sort of like, you know, need, isn't it? Your own, for your own benefit, your own compartmental. I don't know. Google it. Um, I am. Google <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, So we were sat with, you know, maybe, maybe 15, 20 commerce businesses. And I remember for some reason, anyway, we, we really took, and we still do, and that's probably just the nature of who we are, but we really took responsibility for these clients' successes. We didn't, and their failures, we took it really personally. Like, we really, really wanted these e-commerce businesses to scale, and it really made us upset when they didn't. Um, and we, you know, we got, we really, we used to talk about it a lot with, with our clients, and you and me, we used to really, why is this client not scaling God, you know, and I'd say, Mark, I've got a meeting with this client next week and, you know, I really want to really help them scale. Come on, let's really think about what it is. Let's go into it. We talk about it for hours and, you, and, and take it as a personal failure if this business couldn't grow, you know, if this e-commerce yeah. couldn't, we couldn't grow. So we, you know, we, didn't, we didn't think it was the client's responsibility to grow. We took it on our own shoulders. And yeah. we, we should
0: have been doing that in our own business. We should have been doing it for sales, but you don't know. You no, don't well, know. We were, and I think we you... were
1: we were obsessed with making the clients yeah. successful. And still yeah. are. You know, we sacrificed yeah. everything on ourselves to put you know to, to make that client successful. And and that wasn't because we had, you know, revenue share or anything like that. This this was regardless. You know, if we're gonna do a job, we wanted it to be the best possible job it could be. And and mm. so so then then we're in a situation where we've got, I don't know, 20 e-commerce businesses. Some of them are doing really well, and some of them are not. And yeah. uh, And, and we, we locked ourselves away um, because we would made the decision to get rid of all of our non-e-commerce clients. We've locked ourselves away to say, well, why are the ones that are scaling, scaling? and Why are the e-commerce businesses that are not scaling, not scaling? What is common about the ones that are... Growing, and what is common about the ones that are not growing, and we obsessed over that. And I think there was lots of phone calls with you, probably early in the in the middle of the you know in the morning, or in the middle of the night. Yeah. where we we're like, right, we cannot stop until we found a framework that we can put these clients in to say, right, they're not scaling because of this. And yeah. that's where the whole framework came from. That was the moment, probably in about two thousand and eight, that we mm. that we pinned it down. So we didn't we didn't want to talk emotionally about it. We wanted to have a rational model. Especially because you were in New Zealand and your team was over there and my team was in the UK. We couldn't talk all day. So we had to have a framework yeah. that we could use to assess these e commerce businesses in a mathematical, rational way, and that's where we came came up with a target sheet wasn't it? Mm. we broke and we broke these clients down and then you could see right in front of you that you know a lot of the time you know the, the reasons that e commerce business were not scaling was not because of what we were doing and the decisions we were making in the roadmap, but it was it was often things like we were treating them all the same. You know, if you know an yeah. e-commerce business was selling a rational problem-solving product, we were treating it the same as someone who was selling an emotional, spontaneous lifestyle product. We we didn't understand the effects on lifetime customer value and average order value. We didn't understand mm. what conversion rate was because at that time we were just trying to get conversion rate higher. You know, without breaking mm. it down into, you know, the basic chunks: add to basket, basket, checkout, checkout to order, and we didn't understand what the what the you know what what effect margin ad and return on ad spend, but you know, none of this stuff we talked about, you know, we talked about it, it, you know, as a big overall massive conversation, but we hadn't actually put it down on paper and got all the clients in front of us. And I remember we had a big, super big spreadsheet and we put all the clients' metrics on one spreadsheet that made us see, "Oh, oh, right, oh my God, look at these, look at these businesses that were scaling. And look at the ones yeah, that were.
0: It, it was it was certain things like, you know, like certain certain industries, people come and come and buy the product and they're off. And then there's other industries where people really dwell over the product and they enjoy buying it. And there's all those little nuances that kind of allowed us to start to see which models would work where. Mm. And 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 that was really the, the revelation. And I think you said, you know, that the, the separation is obviously Ian's in the UK. Uh, and I'm in I'm in New Zealand. I used to come over twice a year, once a year. Obviously, I've not been able to come over for a while. But you know, because at the beginning we we're a small company, and we're still we're still relatively small as an agency um, and, and an e-commerce, uh, you know, a business. But we because of because of that separation, it, it it made us work remotely and have remote teams and have systems for those teams before we probably would have had them. So that when we came to add. Like you know, we've got a big team in the Philippines, and we've got some some team members over in America, and we've got you know the the team in the UK. Um, you know, when we added those teams, we already had the systems in place to grow them because we've been we've been so used to you know not being able to talk to each other in the day. I mean, literally, New Zealand is the worst place I could have moved to, in um, possibly in terms of the time zone. Literally, as Ian gets up, I go, to, I go to sleep. Um, and I, all, the, all the people that I've worked with for the first 10 years of living in New Zealand were in the UK. Um, but, you know, we, we, we made it work. And I think that that made me become very, very good at doing screen capture videos and also um, highlighting the key information that was important to make, uh, to make changes. And I think that I, you don't realize you're doing something at the time because you're just doing it. But after doing it for like 10 years or even longer now, cause my son was one when we moved over and he's 14 now. So um, you, I have to be able to co- communicate very concisely what's wrong with an e-commerce site so that Ian can pick it up and then communicate that and get it implemented in the UK. And by going through that process, I think we've got very good at articulating the problem, the framework and, and, what's, and what's working and what's not working. Um, which, you know, we wouldn't have had to do had we been sitting next to each other. we would have been much more of a kind of back and forth
1: Well, you would have done, because would, I would have said, hey, Mark, here's a client, and you'd have then had the client meeting with them. And then, you know, mm. whereas, because you weren't speaking to the clients, uh, it was me, we both had time, you know, to actually, under- we both had to understand it completely. And then I think probably about maybe maybe 10 years into that, so, we, so we're doing this so we 're growing we've got and the e commerce businesses were growing and growing and we, you know, we, and we were setting up our own and we were we were we were helping other people build theirs, and maybe at this point we 've got about fifty fifty or sixty e commerce businesses that are all at various stages between maybe maybe one and a half and, and twenty million and yeah. you then start to you 've got so much. Data and, and knowledge, you know, and and I think we still haven't put a head above the parapet. We're literally at the coalface for ten years. You know, in every day, sitting with e-commerce clients, you know, one one in the morning, one in the afternoon, every day for ten years, it knee deep in their Google Analytics and their and their data mm-hmm. and their dashboards and their framework. You then and, and then and of course, I think at the time. There's always a realization that you think everybody knows what you know. You're not aware because you're learning this incremental growth. You're not aware that you know so much, and you assume that everyone knows this and everybody knows what the framework is and you know what stats to look at. And and of course, what always
0: shocks me is like you know, like there's a big company today. I was doing the call call with her, and I think they're doing about seventeen million. um, the, The company in America we're working with, and she said to you oh i've never thought of looking at it this way i've never thought of looking at it like this and it all comes alive and i i find when someone says that to me i always think well how on earth are you looking at it i i can't see it i just can't see it in any other way and i think that's just it's difficult when someone says that because you think well how else would you view it it, it because that's the way we've kind of come across it and when you know what and when we brought the book you out
1: to do it we had to do it in a in an objective way because we had so many e-commerce clients you cut you, mm. you have to have a consistent way of looking at each one of them objectively and knowing straight away whether or not they're going to scale how they're going to scale and whether or not they're not so mm. i think that's it forces you to doesn't it but carry on when yeah. you wrote the book
0: well it, like when I wrote the book, I mean, we, 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 we didn't mean to write. We, well, we said we were going to write a book. We wrote a book. You said to me, oh, you can't do that in work hours, with Mark. It's just a waste of time.
1: Oh, I did. It, uh, I remember you I saying did. that
0: literally to me well, in Singapore. I think,
1: I think because at the, and... time, I, at the time, I think I was, I was killing myself trying to, to run the, the UK agency because we were really growing. We were quite, quite big. I think we had like 30 staff. It was you in New Zealand on your own. And I was like, at the brunt of everything, and dealing you know, Sometimes with when I got
0: your voice messages in the morning, I almost spilt my uh, mojito. Yeah, um,
1: your mojito. You know. No, your cup of coke, yeah. yeah.
0: Martini, mar- yeah.
1: Honestly, for a long time, I made Mark change his Skype image on his profile, Skype picture, because it was him uh, really happy, sipping a martini, and I said, and then one voice memo, I said, right, Mark, you change that goddamn Skype picture? Because I'm dealing with all this, this, this drug, all the staff, all the customers, oh, all the sales, yeah. everything. And it's ridiculous. I said, I want you to change it to a, to a depressing image of yourself. <laughs> I'm working sick, hard. I'm sick of seeing your, your smug, smiling face and this is when like, this is when we met in singapore and and you said i want to write a book and i said right well you're not writing it in, in, in office hours i'd love to go and spend six months writing a book anyway yeah. you did you did write the book so anyway
0: we wrote a book and then we wrote a book we thought we would just give it to you know customers when they came into the meetings and we just say look this is this is how we think about e-commerce and this is what what we do and so we you know we we wrote the book and then um and then we started to sell it on Facebook a little bit and on Amazon and, and then like, I don't know how many books people sell, but like we sold like 25,000 copies of the thing and it just went nuts. And you don't really know you've got something until you put it out there and then someone go and they find it really helpful. I mean, obviously that's what you want when you read a right, book, you want people to read it. Um, but it was a big shock to us that yeah. everybody because, didn't look at e-commerce sites in the same thought, way that we did.
1: We thought everybody knew what we knew. At, yeah. that, at that time yeah. when we wrote the book we thought well everybody this is obvious we d- genuinely yeah. was surprised that anyone would read it and go oh that's a that's that's a new way of thinking I never thought about it like that and it puts all this mess of e-commerce into a neat box and you start yeah. to understand what's, what's BS and what's actually worth looking at.
0: I think also our background of you know our parents were in retail and you know, sitting at the dinner table, they both worked in it. They were talking shop at the table about we had bakeries across uh, Stoke-on-Trent and Staffordshire, and you know they were always talking about sales and staff problems and um, how to put, you know what new ranges to add and whether we're going to do chocolate or whether we do sandwiches and all sorts of stuff. And and so I think that retail became quite ingrained in us at a very early age, and I think that's part of the reason why we don't realise that people that always know what we know because it's always been part of the conversation in the family and 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 that's why that's that's you know that's part of the reason why it's become so ingrained in what we do and uh, you know looking back it 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 looks like an obvious story like two two kids who grew up in retail moving to do e-commerce and enjoy it and 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 and, and go on to do that but it, it, when you're in it like we're doing the ubisoft things and all those different stuff and the the bbc you, you don't it doesn't seem obvious to you at the time but looking back, it always kind of makes sense. It's just weird how life life works like that.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. So, so, so they wrote, we wrote. Yeah, we wrote the book, and that, and then, and then it got it got a bit of traction. And then it, at one point, it was the best seller, wasn't it in in Amazon? It yeah, it was, was the seller, Amazon bestseller
0: for best web e commerce or something like that. Oh, yeah. it was crazy! And then. And then, um, and then and then people started asking us, you know, can we, can we do a, would you like to do a program and could we coach people? And we started to do things at the office and then we couldn't get enough people into the office. And then we thought, well, okay, well, why do we do it online? And then, the, you know, and started to do it online and do the online program with the 20K core and then the, the level two groups and then the one-on-one for people doing billions. And, and that's kind of how it evolved really. Well, I think um, what I, just because of, well, I think, because we needed well, I think to the other tell thing. people the story i think the other thing that
1: happened is we started to record ourselves i was driving to work or driving home to mm. and you were driving into work so you were in the morning i was in the afternoon and we started to record our conversations on skype didn't we yeah because
0: we used to have lots of conversations that like this and we you know we were talking about good stuff um and i think that, that there's been a lot of complaints about people saying oh it's not very good recording and i don't listen to the because of the recording and i think that if I'd listened to that, we would never get started. Yeah. And and I, I think that
1: the and it's, I totally I totally agree with that. We we were so we still are we're so focused and so busy um, how, helping the clients in front of us scale and grow that if we'd said right yeah. let's let step you know we, we 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 were so busy we didn't even have time to go and have lunch. You know what I mean? We were it, yeah. it's full yeah. on. You know, running an agency with so yeah. many clients, it's full on and mm. there's no way we could have had the discipline at that time in our business careers to sit down and do a separate podcast. You know, we're literally no. at the coal face every day. And so we had to make, we had to, look, I don't care if the audio quality isn't good enough, we had to, we had to start mm. and we knew we would get better as we went.
0: And I think that, I think that it was kind of like, well, we know we're putting good information out. If people listen to this, they're going to do well. Yeah, sure, they might have to turn the volume up when I'm speaking or turn it down when Ian's speaking. But like if, if they've just listened to what we're talking about and implement what we're talking about, they'll make good progress. And that's that's the most important thing because I think there's a lot of noise out there with, with different things. And I think people always say, to, you know, some people on, because, you know, you put your adverts on Facebook and people try and tear you down. It's just part of the business. And actually, there was someone was someone emailed me about this, this the day. He says, how do you deal with the haters? And I think... The, the way I look at it is that if I'm, the more successful that I am, the more people are gonna come out of the woodwork and, and, and kind of troll different stuff. So the more trolling I get, the more I feel like I'm doing, being more successful. So it's the same with e- e- e-commerce. Like the, the bigger your e-commerce sites get, the more random one-star reviews you're gonna get, you know, just randomly from people who are just weird, who just will give you a one-star review. And you should see that as a as a sign of progress, not as a sign of something to get worried about or obsessed about. Because I think you can you can like get focused about oh my unsubscribe rate or who are these people unsubscribing, how dare they unsubscribe or how dare they give me a one star review? And it's like no, those are the those are the kind of uh, battle scars. But those are the, those are the indications you're actually moving in the right direction. Because as you get bigger, as you become more successful, there are there are people who will will try and um, pull you down because they'll have reasons in their own mind why they can't be successful or why they can't do things. And they'll, they'll throw those beliefs out there into the world and try and stop other people doing the same reasons. So you're gonna get those coming out and that's how I look at it. So I was just gonna say that just because someone was asking me Ooh. about that the other day. Um, and I I, 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 personally try any kind of troll message or whatever I get on Facebook. I try and talk to them and 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 turn it into something funny or something witty or something interesting. Um, mostly because I know that the Facebook algorithm rewards engagement. So if they want to comment on my ads and show my ad to all their friends, you know, thank you very much. Um, I'll turn it into it into a nice into a nice comment. And I, I think that that's all you can do is be nice and and like you know the, the other the other tip if people are, are worried about this is putting a team between you and that like a lot of my emails that come through or like things like that they get they get screened i don't see them there's certain things that they you know that that i need to see and certain things i don't need to see and you know part of my Life is about having good energy and having that good energy to kind of go and do the right things. And I don't need mm. to see someone. Well, I think that come, I think
1: that comes back to the, the you know, we take we took away the, the emotion of making the decision of ecom what to do in e commerce. Mm. We, we created the, the mathematical framework, which then gave us a very obvious roadmap that was focused on the right KPI at the right time. And we also mm. we had to do that for you know if we're doing we're dealing with I mean now. There's there's, well, there's hundreds of e-commerce businesses that we are coaching or mentoring, um, and yeah. you've got to have a way to know what the roadmap should be, uh, without emotionally. You know you can't you, you know yeah. we don't we try not to look too much at the front end of the websites actually because until, until we've, done we've done we obviously look at it <laughs> we don't we don't do
0: the whole project without looking at the front end and just go yeah we haven't looked at your website
1: no but it we but but, like, to, but you, you might know. have the most beautiful um oh okay the, the worst the worst checkout known to man, like a really clunky horrible or a really terrible mm. basket right but if your if your stats are okay it doesn't matter like we go we go where the opportunity is um and if you look at the front end, sometimes you can make decisions based on an emotional. That's the biggest
0: yeah. danger. Similar, I think that's the biggest. It's danger. similar to what, um, obviously, like Warren Buffett, we are very similar to Warren Buffett, <laughs> one of the richest men in the world, you know. But <laughs> one thing he says is that when he looks at a share, a share, he doesn't look at the share price. He goes and looks at the books and looks at the annual report and stuff. And he decides what the share price should be. And then he goes and looks at the share Check price. It. So it's a bit like that. We go and look at the, the the data behind the business and what we can see from outside. And then we go and say, well, this is the kind of website that we would put together. Now let me go and have a look at it so that we're not biased
1: by what's there and what's not there. Yeah, because it's very, so actually, very easy to look at. So if you don't have that that rational, logical approach, you look at the front end of a website. And you go, ah, yeah, right. I know how we're going to improve conversion rates on this website you know and then you start to then think that's going to be and then the problem is then you spend 6 months obsessing over that thing and you waste 6 months because it doesn't move the needle in the way that, it, that you thought it was and then that 6 months of market shares you know even harder to attain some competitors come along you know you've just wasted 6 months yeah. so i think that that really i mean i think we're in a very fortunate fortunate position now that the more the more we do this the better we get because the more data we're gathering from different e yeah. commerce businesses, then yeah. the, you know, the, and when we're you know, that benchmarking, you know, knowing what stats to look at and then knowing what those stats should be for their type of business, it's
0: just I, crit- I think teaching, critical. Teaching is a fantastic way of actually you not know, improving your learning. Like, I've learned so much teaching the 20k core group and the level two group and forcing myself to kind of actually put my ideas into something that's communicatable and without having to do that process because you, know, you go and sit down and you do a copywriting thing and you you know you've been a copywriter for like 30 years and then you try and write it out and you realize you don't know what you're doing you don't what well, you know what you're doing but you don't know why you're doing it and therefore if you kind of you kind of have to kind of sit down and go oh what's the process for that what would be the process if i was teaching someone like okay and then you make your own processes better because you're then putting it through a framework and that framework is repeatable and is less nuanced down to how I'm feeling in the morning when I sit down to write some copy. It's just you know it shouldn't be. It should be more repeatable, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, well that's right. You know, you can't have any yeah. we don't like to have accidental mistakes in a way, because you mm. know, we want to be able to turn accidental
0: mistakes or accidental wins. At
1: both. Actually. yeah, yeah. I meant to say wins, but I said mistakes, isn't it? But yeah, I think, you know, what Mark and I were very good, have become very good at is, is instantly looking at an e-commerce business and realising, is this going to be an easy one to scale or not, mm. just mm. from the data and, the and numbers, that, and that's quite... Yeah,
0: and there is a lot of, there's a lot of intuition there, but I think that's what's got me better, is because I've had to teach it, and I've had to get people to understand it and hopefully take on board what I'm saying, yeah, awesome. Well, anyway, I'll leave it there, Inks. We've been blathering on for forty-four minutes. More for our own benefit, about ourselves. It's all about our story. It's all about us.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Not good. Yeah. So anyway,
0: thank you for listening, and um, hopefully that gives people a bit more of a background about you know who we are, and um, maybe some of our longer listeners, you might finally find out a little bit more about our history of what we've done, and um, and uh, if you do have any. We'll probably do a Q&A question one soon, so if you just get onto the Facebook group and ask some questions,
1: or watch well, out for
0: me asking some questions... Well, I'd say, it,
1: Mark, it, be just one. one thing. You know how I always, you know, put you in difficult positions, and obviously you've not discussed this, but when are we going to do our live event at the next <laughs> big auditorium? With...
0: Well, does it, doesn't that involve... That would involve me being able to leave the country yeah. without having to sit in quarantine for two so weeks. you're already...
1: Yeah coming up with excuses and reason why it can't happen. I haven't had my, sex, I haven't had my second vaccine yet, but I have
0: that. Uh, and then,
1: I, then geez, I'm all right. Excuses, excuses. Right, we'll be announcing a yeah. live tour.
0: <laughs> well, I'm quite happy for you to do your <laughs> yeah, my tour. stadium tour without uh, me. Yeah. I'll do it remotely, yeah, like typical. I do everything else. Have a whole career.
1: Yeah. Just carrying you. Yeah. Just
0: carrying you, I'll be, uh, you'll be like I'll be asleep, obviously, as you're delivering it. And I'll just wake up in the morning and go,
1: how did how it did go? It yeah. Yeah, Typical. Yeah. Typical.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. I will be back again shortly with another exciting podcast. And, um, yeah, I hope, you, hope you're having great weeks. Say hello in the Facebook group. Say hello on the email. And uh, keep winning. Thanks, guys.
1: Bye-bye.